0: Fantasy and Some Flights, exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And tonight we are talking about (laughs) a book that just recently got a movie adaptation,
0: Dune. Dune. Dune.
1: Dune. I have not (laughs) seen it yet.
0: You haven't seen it yet either, right? I haven't seen it. I think either, it's like so tonight, it did come out right? today.
1: Yeah. Is it tonight? It doesn't matter. This is this is going to be released like a week from yeah, now. Yeah, so true. But we used to argue about it. Matter? It's like
0: Thursday, right? Yeah. You know how like sometimes they release it on like a Thursday before like the Friday or yeah. Where you can get like a late night viewing or something.
1: All, all I, I saw a post on Reddit of someone who had seen it and they said that they loved Sweet. it. Sweet. And like right now on IMDb it's sitting at like an 8.2 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it looks really good. They got a all-star cast for it
0: such a crazy so, cast. <laughs> so i'm really it's like i love that it. it's not even necessarily like amazing names we like look down the, the cast and you're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> just like all yeah. of them are really well <laughs> casted
1: yeah absolutely so i i'm hoping to see it this week sweet so i'm hoping that i will be able to see it before this episode gets released yeah. so i'm gonna just spend this episode talking like i have already seen nice. it mm-hmm. and then we'll just go see how yeah, it. yeah i'll just ask you questions and you will know, just bullshit your way through it it'll be nobody will know <laughs> nobody else has seen it yet either. Yeah. presumably yeah and then paul falls in love with the Zendaya, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which spider-man did not like <laughs> spider-man hated that <laughs> <laughs> nor did Zac uh, efron <laughs> Oh, yeah, man! Oof! dude yeah. has worms though, like how can you compete? <laughs> yeah he's he rode the worm he rode the worm It's pretty dope, <laughs> pretty dope
0: it's pretty dope, righty, oh, yep, we should record but, this episode oh
1: yeah we we actually should, and before <laughs> we before we actually start talking about doom, we should probably talk about what we're drinking, yes. so,
0: uh Dalton, what is on your flight tonight? Nice, my flight, I think based on the face that you have made when I saw you drink your beer, I think we both don't have great flight tonight, but well. <laughs> What? No. (laughs) We'll see when we get to yours. Um, But just off the bat, I would give mine a two cheers. Um, So I am drinking. Cheers, cheers. Right. Clink, clink. I am drinking um, Smoke Wagon Bourbon, um, which sounds really cool. It's a straight bourbon whiskey. Um, It's a Las Vegas distillery. The way I would sum this up is when I'm paying attention to the way it tastes, I don't like it. And when I'm not, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I have actually, um, em- this is actually the, my last drink of the bottle. It's, it's empty now. Um, and I have been using wow. it as like you my third drink. with you. Very whiskey. coherent. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a rough day. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm just impressed.
0: It's my first drink of the night, but it's my last pour of the bottle.
1: Oh, yeah, and uh, yeah,
0: and the um, I've been using it as like my third drink, whiskey. So like when I've had you know something I like, and then I've had the second thing of that light thing that I like, and I want something else, like I, I drink this one because at that point it's like fine. Um, I, just to describe it a little bit, it has sort of like a apple pie like a crisp type of like nose, which is actually like kind of nice. I think actually the nose might be the best part of it. Um. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> right. um, after that, I, pers- I've, I personally just think it's fine. Um, it has, again, some of that like apple pie crust um, kind of flavors like pulling through. But I just I really don't like the finish. I think it's kind of like rubbery and like a little bitter, and um, it just doesn't like sit very well. And I'm finding like more and more as I um, as I develop that I think the finish is actually for me more important than the taste than like the body of a whiskey. Because like a good whiskey, especially like a bourbon that has these really strong oak and smoke flavors, like should sit on your palate for a while. And so like the taste of it, even in, because of like high alcohol content and stuff, right? You might just kind of get burned away from the taste, and as you like taste uh, yeah. through it, you might Depending on your palate, you you may enjoy the taste, and I typically do, and a lot of people would. But it's like, it's going to just kind of be like warm and okay, and then the finish is really where it should shine, like that shine, that like feeling of it, like sitting with you and warming you up, and that's that's what's going to feel really nice. Um, so the fact that this, this one is just like it's downhill from the nose, right? It's like <laughs> nose is like kind of nice, body is like fine and finishes like bad and so that's that's why i ended up not liking it i'm i am a little bit curious to try this was like a specialty that they released for like 4th of july um so i've actually had the bottle for a while um and just haven't like gotten around to it it is a straight bourbon whiskey but it's not their like typical small batch um like their small batch is a little bit different i've at least seen that has a different alcohol percentage so i haven't tried it but like theoretically it's a different Blending, you know. Gotcha. Um, Okay. So it may be better, you know. I've seen like just quick reviews online. Looks like people like it. Um, So I may give it a try if I see it at some point because I think it could be good. But like just this exact expression was like not good for me.
1: Well, that's too bad. But I guess it is kind of nice to have something that is around that you know third drink of the night where you don't want to necessarily drink all your good stuff. What's the price point on it? Yeah, I think it was like forty. Yeah, that's a little bit too much. Yeah, just a little high for something like that. Yeah, Yeah. especially when you can just grab an Elijah Craig for ten dollars cheaper or whatever, right so. right or
0: a jameson like we talked about last time oh you hmm. know where it's like uh, there's there's better things for a third drink whiskey you know right that, well that's too bad
1: yeah. but hopefully the episode is something. better than the whiskey so. that's right yeah 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 <laughs> All, and
0: as opposed to the whiskey we're gonna go up from here right yeah. <laughs> well before we go up let's stagnate a little bit okay well my flight <laughs> yeah yeah so
1: Today, I, I stopped by the liquor store on the way home to get a beer for tonight because I am not doing my diet, and so I didn't actually have any beer. So, I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's let's do a beer for the episode tonight. So, I, I grabbed Gnawbone by Oak and Barrel Brewing Company, which is located out of Greenwood, Indiana, which is like 40 minutes from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I literally bought it off the, well, it's a pale ale, so I, I, I enjoy pale ales, nice. and I literally bought it off of like the logo because it just looked really interesting. Yeah. I'm going to show it to you because you can actually see it, but I just thought it was funny. Oh, it is. It's like a weird like skull and crossbone, like crazy. It looks uh, very like
0: Courage the Cowardly Dog sort of style. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a great way to say it. And then like when I was checking out, I guess the cashier may have just been a really good salesperson. Mm. She was like, wow, this one sells really good. Like, you know, Mm. talking it up and Mm -hmm. she's like, it's local. We always like to support the local businesses. We can never keep it in stock. Mm. And I am not sure why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it, it's, it's a two cheers for me. I mean, it's yeah. mediocre. It's almost the same thing that you were talking about with your whiskey, where the nose is really good. Mm-hmm. The first part of the taste, but I just really dislike the aftertaste. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, I have had some already tonight, mm. um, okay that sounded like really like weird and like i had been drinking all day uh, <laughs> i i've had like a beer tonight and mm-hmm. like i feel dehydrated like that's Ugh. all like my like my throat is like dry yeah it was, like, i don't know it's just weird so it, it's not it's not been my favorite two cheers i'm like you know i would drink it again if someone gave it to me but mm-hmm. like over like
0: i don't know bud light or something but right especially I, like in the pale ales right in, like there's a yeah. million of them. You can there's, you can find yeah, good a pale ale.
1: One of the interesting things about this one is that it's actually pretty dark for a pale ale. So I, I am hmm. estimating the SRM around thirteen. And usually I think of pale ales at like six to eight. Yeah. And so it definitely looks more like on the IPA
0: or like maybe even a double. It's just like yeah. a dark. It's rich like almost color. amber. Like when you pulled yeah. it out, I was like, are you drinking an amber tonight? <laughs> or like a you know, like a like an Oktoberfest or like a fall ale of some kind.
1: Yeah. And I think it's correlated, but it's very much maltier than it is bitter. Okay. Like I I typically think of maltier beers as being a little bit darker, and I think they just kind of overdid it on the malt on on this one. Gotcha. Two cheers. It is a 6.9%, which is pretty nice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At least you're getting banged for your buck, right? (laughs) 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 Oh, hey, hey. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Uh, Love the pun. But anyways, let's talk about some more more interesting stuff. Uh, What's been on your mind? What have you been reading or watching recently? Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's see. So in one of our recent episodes i talked about a book called the assassin's apprentice which i we kind of ran out of time to talk about and so i was saving it for for this episode because everything else that i've been reading um have been like i'm reading a book finally getting around to book for stormlight archives Um, so i am reading a physical copy of rhythm of war i also get my tricep workout in while i read it which is really (laughs) nice (laughs) yep i go to bed every night and my arms are tired
1: i uh so my wife is traveling right now and she's she sent me or she she was asking me like hey what audiobook should I listen to and so I told her Way of Kings like you need to listen to Way of Kings mm-hmm. and then I just got a text like the day that she was leaving she goes Way of Kings is so long <laughs> 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 but yeah yeah it is it is but oh okay so where how uh, without like spoiling anything how far are you into Rhythm of War. I'm
0: like a hundred percent. Pa- yeah, I think okay. so. I'm like 110 pages. So I'm like, I so think 30%. like, yeah, I think, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I think realistically, I think I'm like, that's like eight or nine percent. Yeah. Book. Okay. It's cool. not 10. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So it just takes a long time to read. The pages are big too. And the text is tiny. <laughs> it's like, Dear God, it just takes forever. I read like five pages in a night. And, uh, it, and he wrote it in like eight months. I don't know how he did that
1: insane
0: amount of content
1: yeah but he's got some motivation I wish I could borrow yeah
0: right exactly but anyways we've covered Rhythm of War so I didn't want to talk about it too too much in terms of content except for just saying that I am reading it finally I'm continuing on audiobook I'm continuing um The Witcher series which again we've talked about a lot but I'm on I think book six now it might be book five because again if you remember that like the numbering for that series is super weird and it's hard to remember what book number I'm on. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think I might be on book five, actually, now that I talk. I think I'm I on this one, and then I have two more. Cool, okay. So, still really good, still maintaining, you know, high quality. Um, they're a little bit shorter than than the uh, <laughs> Stormlight Archives. They're more on, like, the 16-hour right. range.
1: That's still a good book, though. Yeah. Like, yeah that, that's, that's a lot of content. Yeah, for sure. Especially for, like, a series that has five or six books. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. And Netflix season two is coming out this winter, so that's exciting. Oh, cool, okay. Yeah, I, didn't,
1: I didn't realize it was so soon.
0: Yeah, they got nothing else to do. that's fair (laughs) so but anyways assassin's apprentice so i thought this was an interesting book to talk about because i have picked up this book once and i didn't finish it um and that's pretty rare for me i generally finish books it's like kind of a point of pride thing so i was like okay i'm gonna go back to i'm gonna read i'm gonna read it i'm gonna finish it so i went back to it like a year later and i picked it up and uh, i just didn't like it like first half of the book i was like (laughs) just dragging myself through it and I i just didn't like it and there's a couple reasons why, but then like about 60 to 70% of the way through the book, I was like, well, this is kind of getting a little interesting. And like 75% of the way through the book, I was like hooked and it was really good. And <laughs> it's it was a like, slow burn. It's, it's like Dune. <laughs> it is a little bit like Dune <laughs> in that way. So for Dune is like 30% and this one's yeah, like 70% yeah, yeah. to like get started. And that was the thing that sucked about it is like it, it was started, like it wasn't in like an exposition. It wasn't just being slow. It was just like not kind of going anywhere. And she, she had this interesting idea for the main character where she didn't like name him.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so he was like a young boy who's like abandoned by his parents or whatever. He's an orphan. Um, so he just like, and he also had like, he has like some amnesia about like his like childhood. Um, so he actually just doesn't remember his name. And so hmm. like the dude who like is kind of taking care of him just like calls him boy. And so like, he <laughs> will, like introduced himself to people like, like at that way, you know, they're like, what's your name? He's like, I don't have a name. You know, or he'll be like, "Boy," yeah. and they're like, "What's what? The fuck is wrong with you?" You know, like, and they get, and he's like, "I don't understand why people get so mad." <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's an interesting concept, but in reality, what ends up happening is it's like I don't, he like, no characters are connecting with him, and then like I have trouble connecting with him because it's like I don't even really have a name for this guy, you know? Right? Um, and he's like a little bratty, and it's also like a little unrealistic. It's like, because okay, he, he was always like, "Why do people keep asking me this?" And it's like, well, because everyone else has a name. Have you not noticed that by now? <laughs> you know, like that—that that seems yeah. a little unbelievable. Um, Almost
1: everyone you've also interacted with has a name,
0: right? <laughs> so, like around the time that the book starts getting good, people start calling him Fitz, F I T Z, and I thought that was actually an interesting. So, like the way that that came about is like you know like the last name like Fitzpatrick or like Fitzgerald or whatever, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, And so apparently that's like a I don't know if it's a Welsh word. I'm gonna I don't I don't know a Gaelic or Welsh or something like some language, and that means like son of. And so it would be like Fitzgerald would be like okay. son of Gerald or like Fitzpatrick son of Patrick, right? And so they call him Fitz because he doesn't have a dad. And so he's just, yeah, okay. so he's just Fitz nothing.
1: <laughs> Son of nothing.
0: Right. And so like a lot of times people will be like, you know, like they'll hear someone call him and they're like, oh, he's such an asshole. And he's like, I don't know. That's just what people call me, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 Um,
0: but anyways, it has a really actually a little bit like Dune. It has a really slow burn in like setting up politics and intrigue. And for a while, you actually don't really recognize that that's what he or that's what she is trying to do. Um, that she's trying to like create this backstory because what ends up happening is that he like, you know, fairly early on, he's going to get trained as like an assassin. First of all, it's called assassin's apprentice and it like says it on the back of the book. But what you don't know is like, as that starts happening, he is like a political tool. Like he's not just like an assassin for money. Like he's an assassin as like a, as, as a functioning part of the court basically. Um, So she gives you all of this political background because like when he starts assassinating people, it has to be relevant and matter. Gotcha. Okay. Um, And the, and like, when he is sent on a, mis- a mission, what ends up happening is he gets like a bit of autonomy in that where like he is trusted to kind of like make a judgment call of like whether or not he should kill people, right? And that's where the book starts getting interesting where it's like, oh, like now he has this not only like moral, but also like he has to think through the political implications of like, what if I kill this guy? Um, like, how does that help? The people that I am like entitled to or like have have been trained and promised to help. I'm sworn to help, I guess is the gotcha. one I'm looking for. Okay. But it has kind That's of a good. bad, like, fuzzy soft magic system that like he actually ends up going to like school for, but then it's like you can't really go to school <laughs> for soft magic. We've talked about that. So like it just doesn't right. really work. And there is a bit of like gimmicky solving of issues in front of the character with the magic system that was a little bit dis a little bit disappointing. But I don't know. That's why I'm like I'm, I might read the rest of the trilogy It's because like by the end it's like I like this where he's like an assassin. He's part of the court and he has to kind of make the decision. It's kind of on his shoulders a little bit. Like I think yeah. that's a cool concept. You know, it just took forever to get there. So
1: now, yeah, now it's interesting. Right now it's interesting. <laughs> you put in the work. You right might as well. <laughs> right,
0: right. So anyways, if that sounds interesting to you, you know, you, you might try picking it up. I don't think that I would like, if somebody was reading it, I i don't think I would discourage them from it. It's like, yeah, I, th- I liked it by the end. You know, it's just, you, you kind of got to speed read for like half the book and just get through it. Gotcha. What, what's the length on it? Like if, if you're going to commit to it, is it like a
1: big commitment?
0: No, I think it's, I'm trying to like relate it to something we've read. I feel like it's probably like Mistborn length. Um, I read okay. a physical book like, and so that's why I'm not able to gotcha. give you hours like we normally do
1: yeah so i think mistborn is like 25 hours
0: oh uh, that might be a little longer than i thought then okay like lord, lord of the rings is shorter. like 16 yeah ish it's probably about that then it's probably about like about a lord of the rings i'm just trying to like physically like, think how big the book is physically and it's like i could see <laughs> fellowship of the ring being about a similar size you know okay yeah yeah. yeah. so so i mean it's not a small book right Right. Yeah. It's not short, um, but it's probably, you know, somewhere in the medium length.
1: Yeah. Because I know a lot of people are running out of things to read. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're getting down to your B tier list, this may be one of your options. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This might be an
0: option just to see if you like it. There just aren't enough books out there, is all I'm saying. Yeah. That's. I don't have good books, that's for sure. <laughs> but, anyways, that's that's been the main thing on my mind. It's a, it's actually a little bit dated, but it was something I've been looking forward to talking about on a book episode, so I've I've held on to it just to just to discuss it with you. What's been on your mind?
1: I, I don't. Well, I've been reading Dune, right? But outside of that, I I've been rereading the Hunger Games or re-listening to the Hunger Games. That's an um, interesting pick. Yeah, and so like we we fell into the trap on you know, hey, we want to watch a movie, and then Hulu is promoting it, and so we watched the first movie and the second movie. And then the third movie, we still haven't watched the fourth movie, but I was like, I remember those being good books and I hadn't like, I don't have, I did not have them on audible. So I had never listened to them. So it was back like before I started listening to books when I was reading them. So like 15 years ago yeah, or when, yeah. <laughs> right? Like I remember waiting for the third book to come out. And and so I just hadn't read them in a little while. And I was like, okay, let's reread these and let's see how I like them now. Mm-hmm. And it's a good story. I, but it, it's very much a young adult novel. Yeah. So there's that. I guess in that sense, it's like a relaxing novel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, like children are killing each other, so like not relaxing in that sense. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like relaxing in the sense of like it's it's an easy read. It's an easy listen yeah. to something. I can kind of zone out, and I know what's going on. Yeah. And so so that's been nice. And I I guess like. You know, like Katniss has some character development. But like really I don't feel I'm probably about halfway through catching fire, the second book. Mm-hmm. One of the my one of the complaints that I've found is that like I don't necessarily think that a lot of other characters have a lot of growth yeah I think a lot of that comes in with Mockingjay like in the third book yeah it's like oh right we have to do character development (laughs) and so so that's that's been something interesting the other thing that I kind of thought was funny which my my wife pointed out when we were watching the movie and that I never remembered is that Katniss the main character is like super um, she always thinks that people are out to get her mm. and so paranoid. like reading it from yeah she's super paranoid that's the word and so like reading it from that perspective has been really funny because like you know you you have peta which is like one of the love interests, and he's mm-hmm. you know just trying to protect katniss and katniss is like why is he doing this right. and it's like that bastard's mm. up to something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is he gonna kill me as soon as i turn around and so like looking at it from that eye or like from that lens it's, it's just kind of interesting the books I think are still good. Like, they're, yeah. they're not going to be my favorite books of all time, but you know, it's been nice and kind of relaxing. Yeah. I am glad because I kind of had the sour taste in my mouth after The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which right. was the prequel. Right. And so I didn't like that book. Mm-hmm. I, I I talked about that on probably an
0: episode. Yes. A long one, time ago, but yes. Insert episode number here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But (laughs) just be like in episode number 32.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm not going to go and figure out the work to go back and find it. Uh, (laughs) So I I did kind of have, have a bad taste in my mouth. And I think that the other books are kind of written in the same style. Like they're not the greatest writing style that i've ever seen but i like the story way more than i like the 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 prequel yeah yeah so so that is that's kind of what i've been reading i've been reading the hunger games um i'm just going to continue on just because i'm like in catching fire and i'm not going to spoil anything for it's not one of the core that we spoiled however i think it's probably one that people probably know the story of Mm -hmm. like i'm about halfway through the the hunger games portion of catching fire Mm -hmm. so like when the contestants are in the arena and so i i'm I just love the arena in Catching Fire. Like yeah. they specially, they do a special build of arenas in for every Hunger Games, mm-hmm. and in Catching Fire, I just think the arena is awesome. So yeah. I, I'm just really enjoying that.
0: Yeah, I think you have a good point about like character development. It's a little like Revenge of the Sith, where it's like the third book. Like, oh crap, we have to develop the characters. And like, <laughs> it all gets like shoved in, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. And I just. I think love triangles are cheap drama. I, I, I knew
1: you were going to bring it up. I, I knew you were. I hate them. <laughs>
0: I hate them so much. So yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, and that's fair. Yeah, um,
0: but you're right. Like they they aren't they aren't meant for us, right? They're meant for 13 to 16, yeah. and that type of drama, that type of character, like really catches, you know the sort of coming of age story that's going on someone having to strike out on their own and you know being torn away from like all of that resonates super well so i I totally understand why it's done i just i don't like it (laughs) but i (laughs) love the idea of hunger games and that's why i read red rising over and over again (laughs) (laughs) that's fair yeah it's it's the it's the grown-up version of hunger Games. exactly exactly yeah the only other
1: thing that i wanted to mention in this section is i sent you a link i think it was yesterday because i stumbled across the fact that there are pin dragon prequels yeah who knew (laughs) written 12 years ago right like (laughs) i have no idea how this never came up they're
0: not written by dj McHale either it's super weird i wonder how like we like you said we just found out about this yesterday so like we've done no research (laughs) on it so i wonder if he's involved he must be involved in some way. i think he is involved a little bit he's alive right like (laughs) yeah, yeah yeah he certainly was 12 years ago like
1: yeah and yeah so the prequels just basically follow or like tell the a pre-story of all the other travelers from all the other territories, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so well, I'm going to read them. They don't have an audiobook. like they're that small, and so I'm yeah. going to actually have to read them. But I don't know. I, I really like the Pendragon universe, and yeah. I really love prequels. So
0: how could this go wrong? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that What's happen? the worst that can happen? It could be bad and crush your hopes. That's that's basically the worst that can happen. It's not going. It's not going to not gonna though. happen though. That never happens. <laughs> never happens. Yeah. Um, but no, you're totally right. I'm actually I'm pretty excited for it too. It's like. I don't know. I think the only thing that's like, I caution myself with is I know as soon as I read those, I'm going to want to reread
1: Pendragon. You know? And it's like... That's not the worst thing in the but world But it's like either. 10
0: books. It takes like three months for me to get... Like, they're not that long, but it still takes like a decent amount of time for me to get through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to... Like 10 books, but the first book is like 12 minutes long. Like, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I finished the first four in a week. Like, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> then they true. start getting longer. They do... They, I mean, they get the, substantial. The last couple are pretty pretty big. Yeah, but you're right that the first um,
0: four are all all pretty short. But we've like... We've, you know Soft promised McKay that we will start <laughs> that we will Wheel start of Wheel of yeah. Time and talk with him about it. So that's that's fair. Yeah, yeah. We should probably read Wheel of Time. Probably
1: let's actually set that up as like a book club in our Discord. Okay, all right. We let's can do just, that. We had let's a, just commit to it. Okay, and at that point on the cast. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I feel like I won't be able to back out if we commit to it. Okay, all right. Discord. You're right. We'll so, do, we'll do it. So let's do
0: it. So starting in I guess 2023. 2020. 2020- <laughs> No later (laughs) than. Oh, man. See, then there's a Thanksgiving holiday. We'll find a time. Okay, we're not going to commit to a time right now, but we commit to finding a time that is reasonable to read the first book of Wheel of Time if you're interested in that. We'll have a book club on the Discord and we'll and try and get a McKay
1: book analysis episode for it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll yeah. try and
0: get McKay involved in it. He's been, he's super busy. Like he that dude has stuff going on. <laughs> <Thank> yeah. <you. laughs>
1: yeah. Congratulations to him for he funded Snack Time he today, funded. which is his first first board game on Kickstarter or first like pub. Pop- I don't know. I think it is. It's backfire. His it's, publishing it's, yeah. companies. It's their first game. Yeah, it's backfire's first and so, game,
0: and it, it funded and it funded it funded in, today. Like, super fast, right? Like in, yeah, a, in like yeah, two days or something.
1: Like, it was. I, it went on yesterday. And funded today. So awesome. it, it was less. I think it was less than twenty four hours, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a it's a cool little roll in right. Yep. And so it. It's still on Kickstarter. Yeah. As of the release of this episode, it's still on Kickstarter. So please yep. go check it out because it looks super awesome, and it's one of those games that we can play. You know, unlimited players. Yeah. So if you back it, we'll play it with you. So yes, let's do it. Absolutely. Anyway, so I got sidetracked. What are we talking? Oh, Dune. 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 Yeah, at uh, least we're, I guess we're <laughs> heading that way. I think we're. I yeah. Think we might even be ready for it, unless there's yeah, other things on your it. mind. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Alrighty. So we tried something a little bit different on our last. I call it a book analysis, our last series analysis, mm-hmm. the, the Star Wars prequel, mm-hmm. where we kind of walked through and did like a summary and kind of talked about the the, the movies... As you know, kind of a chronological order. Yeah. And so we're gonna try the same thing because
0: that episode kind of was a ton that? of fun, by the way. That's that, like that episode was a lot of fun. A, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like one of it's one of my personal favorite episodes so far. <laughs> it's
1: because it's one of your personal favorite movies.
0: Uh, yeah, you're right. That that maybe it's just because I was like bitching the whole time. <laughs> like, that's what made it fun. You know, just yeah. being like you do like to complain. I do, man. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. It's like no. bitching and like chocolate and whiskey. Like that's how I you know that's how I cope with stress. So.
1: I I I mean mean, it works. (laughs) And volleyball, I hit a ball real hard. That's the other thing. (laughs) If it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. Alrighty. So, I mean, Dune Dune is kind of structured in three books. Yep. Um, So let's let's talk about a summary.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's a good idea. I do like our thirty second summaries. I think they're funny, but um, I think we're gonna skip it for this one and give this give this a bit of a try. See how it goes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you start out with this
0: kid named paul i think which like, just off the bat lamest name in the series like everybody <laughs> oh, yeah. else has a dope name and he's like my name is paul it's like come right? on man i mean it's, it's I, a bit I, of an atreides thing like i guess because it's like paul and jessica but like i don't know Leto's <laughs> kind of a cool name you know they,
1: yeah they're such like earth names like yeah. just like hi i'm steve like hey John. we're the white people you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i I've always considered that or thought that that was kind of strategic so you would be able to remember the main character.
0: That's that's probably a good point. Um, right. It, they, he it's also easy chewed, to remember. Yeah. yeah. And he does He he does a bit of um, theming with names in that way. Like, you know, like the, the Harkonnens, like his name's Vladimir. It's like, oh, Russians are bad. Like, right? this was written in like the 60s. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, so it's like, well, Vladimir, you know, like we don't like him. He must suck. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then like Shaney and like they they have very like, it's, it's in the 60s it's not super racially sensitive but they they have kind of a native sounding name right like they have something right. that to our brain might sound like oh this kind of sounds a little native american right and like that's how you're i think supposed to kind of make that connection and so again it's like it's not great nowadays it's not the greatest most pc look but he does try to like at least be consistent within like the factions of like kind of how people's names sound so anyway you're right our main character's name is paul for all that's worth he gets some cooler <laughs> names later but for now it's just lame old paul that that is
1: fair i i was writing down like all of his names he gets a bunch started feeling like daenerys right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right but anyways like we start in like year
0: what is it like ten thousand nine hundred ad or something like that like, yeah it's something crazy and they, we still are naming people paul you know like come on.
1: <laughs> yeah all right so What I think this book does really well is, like, the first chapter hooks you. Like, it's super interesting. Mm -hmm. I think it hooks you – it hooks me. Um, I I think that for someone who doesn't read a lot of sci-fi, it's a very big turnoff, honestly. There's a lot of weird names. You get mm-hmm. Gan Jabbar, and you get the Bene Gesserit and you get all these words that you don't know. Yeah. which And don't necessarily like, know how to pronounce. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> yeah, right. And the only reason I know how to pronounce them is because I did the audiobook, Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it for me. And, like, I, if I read it, it's, like, Gom Jaber? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, Paul is going through this test. Yeah. Um, he, he's being tested by the Benny Gesserit. Mm-hmm. So, and he has to, like, put his hand in this box. And it's, like, okay, you're going to feel some pain. And it's, like, okay, what what is going on? Yeah. And... You know, and he's
0: they're being a li- or he's being a little like spooky with like the powers that the Benny Gesserit has. Like he he hints that they can do some things. You know, like you get yeah you get a little bit of a taste of like okay, so like these two are kind of different than just like Duke Leto or Lido. You know, like just the yeah. the other regular people that are around. Like they have some powers, but like why are they testing Paul? You know, like what what what's the point of this scene? Like what's going on here? Also, he has like a dream, right? Like right at the beginning, he has a dream, and he's dreaming about Cheney. Like you learn that later. Um, yes, yeah, but there's a little, there's like already some foreshadowing going on, right? There's like, it has a little bit of like a princess vibe or something, you know, like, but like, it's like, okay, Paul also has some powers or some things that he may not fully understand yet. Um, but they're specifically asking about his dreams, right? Like they understand that. And so he establishes that yes, what he has is something real. It's not just like a weird dream that he has.
1: Yeah. And they, they say that like they're testing for humans, like only a human can pass this test, and so you're like, yeah. okay, what, like, what, what is this? It's super intriguing, and then like, I mean, that that's kind of the chapter. He passes the test, yep. Paul's a human, and then they they move go to Paul. Dune. Paul the human, go the hero of our Paul story. Paul the human, <laughs> yay, <laughs> he did it. Uh, and then and then basically they they move to Arrakis, yeah, and. This is the the main planet that Dune takes place on. Right. And this is where the
0: book like slows down substantially.
1: Yeah. I would say screeches. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. Tire marks Um, in the road. Yeah. It's a book that was written in the sixties and you can tell that it was written in the sixties. Yeah. It, like right now, I think the style for a lot of these fantasy, sci-fi, are action get you hooked, mm-hmm. and then you can build the political stuff in like book two, and right. then finish it off with a big fight. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dune really kind of has this slow build. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, mm-hmm. and but it, but it's hard to keep track of. It's really hard to remember all these crazy names yeah. the, the mes- mystical powers you don't understand the world yeah and so that gets a little difficult it does yeah
0: you almost need to be taking notes you know like okay so <laughs> yeah. there because there, again there are six major powers and i think we've talked about this a little bit but like playing the board game yes. really helped me structure like who the yeah. players are you know because they yes. are, there are six distinct power groups so just to name them quickly right atreides obviously the heroes Paul. of the story harkonnens the obvious bad guys right Um, the Fremen, um, and you can even kind of include in that just like the planet of Dune, right? Which is like a little bit of a character, like the worms. I mean, like there's, there's some stuff going on there. They have their own agenda, right? Um, the space guild who are like not really a major, there aren't like really any named characters, you know? Um, they're, they're basically like an ominous threat. They're like in the background, except for that they like show up in the final scene of the book. Um, right. (laughs) It's like the first time you ever like meet someone from the guild. Otherwise, people are just talking about the impact that they have. Um, And then The Emperor. And I think when I first read it, I did not understand that there's a distinct difference between the empire and the space guild that, that like those are two separate entities and that was super confusing
1: yeah and i you i think you just named five the six is the benny jessert yes thank you yeah benny yeah the Bene
0: yep. who also have their own thing going on you know but they they <laughs> right. appear to be like within everybody else you know yeah so, like because it's right. like there's a benny jessert in atreides there's the like head one with the emperor right there's like obviously they he shows later that there are some within house harkonnen and so it's like wow these people are spread all around they must just be like super powerful people um, but it's like, no, they, unlike the, the, like, the Mentats, where they also have, like, a, a, everybody, everyone has a Mentat, and they have superpowers or whatever, but the Mentat do not have, like, a single goal, right? They don't have, like, a coalition where they are, like, trying to influence... Events where the Benny Gesserit do. They have their own agenda. And, and that's yeah. another thing that was like not totally distinct for me until I like played the board game, basically, and like recognized <laughs> them as their own entity in the story.
1: And, and with all of these crazy names, crazy powers, don't really know what's going on. I struggled with the audiobook. Yeah, for like, sure. The first time through, I don't think I picked up on anything. Mm. The second time through, I, I mean, like the first 30%, like the book one took me weeks. Yeah, to get through and I ended up just getting it and reading it and that was oh, much wow. better yeah it, it was much better because you could like oh okay like go back it's like okay that's what this is mm-hmm. you don't have to remember like all these crazy like syllables you yeah. can like recognize the word and that that, that Visually, helped a lot yeah and so
0: because I always get like I, Duncan Idaho book a lot better after that yeah Thufir Howard Gooney Halleck Gurney Halleck <laughs> those two are the worst for me Thufir Howard and Gurney Halleck I get yeah. those mixed up all the time, and then the like Doctor UA too. I get like Thufir and Doctor UA mixed up, because like they're both smart, you know, and like I just I don't know. I just can't keep them straight. Yeah. So in order for
1: this to not just become a podcast where we shit all over our favorite books and movies, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they they move to Arrakis. And they do some all these like political maneuverings, yep. They, you They're know, meeting all the important people and meeting all the important people. The
0: some of which um, actually aren't important, you find out, like you know, like that guy yeah, never came Some back.
1: of them die like three pages later, yeah. It was kind of funny. We were talking with Amron one of our listeners, and he, like, I was right kind of at the same spot that he was reading, and it was, he was talking about Piter, oh, yeah, and how he was a big part. And you're like, who, yeah, <laughs> 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 and like Aaron's like, Piter, like. He's like one of the main characters. Like, I like just read like through the part where he was just died. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, he he's not. He's not really right. that major. <laughs> <character. Dude>. So <laughs> I, I kind of thought that was funny. Yeah.
0: If if you need a reminder, he is the Mentat for the Harkonnen, right? Like yes. that that's who he is, and he's the dude who dies in when Doctor Yue tries to kill Vladimir. Like like yep. DeVries Debris dies instead, and he's the whole reason that the Harkonnen try to recruit through Fury Howard who used to be the Atreides Mentat, right? Like, that's why all that moves (laughs) around. But his main point as a character is to establish that, like, he is used to working with a Mentat, they're powerful, and the Harkonnens want power. And, but he also wants Thufir Howard to move over, and so he, like, has to die. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yep. So the uh,
1: Harkonnens are trying to, like, sow all this discord on the people that just came in to take over their planet. Like, the Atreides come in, and the Harkonnens kind of have this power, Yep. like, already on the planet. The Fremen are doing their own thing. They're super dangerous you're not supposed to talk to him your paul is never going to be able to interact with them yeah. because you know paul being groomed to become the duke which is currently held the position held by his father and they start getting like kind of all of these like doubts because yeah. the harkonnens are kind of sowing these this political intrigue that oh there's a traitor in the midst of the harkonnens and yeah. they're trying to get everyone to believe that it's jessica mm-hmm. the duke's concubine mm-hmm. uh who is paul's mother yes and there's all this kind of like shady stuff going on. And basically like it kind of comes to a climax at book. I don't, well, I don't think it's necessarily the climax of book one, but during the rising action of book one, basically uh, Duke Leto is captured by the Harkonnens, Paul and Jessica escape Mm -hmm. and the, what happens next? (laughs) I I, I just, I I don't want to talk all the time. No, no, no. I think,
0: I think you've done a really great job. Uh, The thing I want, before we move out of book one that I want to talk, I don't want to touch on is, especially on the reread, book one is, is very well done. It's it's extremely yeah. well put together. Um, and when we talked in our icebreaker in the last episode, we mentioned that one thing that he does extremely well is letting characters act based only on the information that they have and the information that they might assume. Right, right? yes. Um, and so like Liet Kynes, right? He's actually... Maybe my favorite character in the book. I think he's like a genius oh, okay. character. And we can talk more about why that is exactly. Um, but you get some like internal monologue, right? Where he's like observing the Duke, but he's also told to the reader that he, if you don't remember, he's like the planetologist, right? So, like very early on, it's established the planetologist is on the side of the Harkonnens. Like, we don't really know why, but like that's told to us as the reader. Um, so you kind of like enter in with this, like, almost you're seeing him through that filter. Um, and his like actions through that filter, but then it it doesn't always look like he's like totally on the Harkenin side from his like internal monologue, right? Gurney Halleck and Thufir Howard um, are both doing things that make sense based on the information that they have. Duncan Idaho gets drunk at one point, um, and he's like basically you know letting Jessica have it based on again on the information that he has, which is based on the information that you know Duke Leto <laughs> is like told to him based on something that right. he has. you know. So like all the way that information is moving around is really well done, and on the reread especially it's really fun. But at the start of the book, it's like, I don't understand why all these people are, you know, like, it's it's, it's just hard to follow. Yeah. So but I think even if you just read the book, you could potentially go back and just read book one and get something out of it that you may have, they may have kind of missed. But you're right. End of book one is kind of roughly a third of the way through the book. And it basically is our like call, um, like our call to action, right? It's like, Paul finds out that he's now the duke because his dad has died. Doctor Yue kind of like saves them a little bit, and he, so he, there's a little bit of depth in his character. Although he's kind of a good guy, kind of a bad guy. He basically is just and, a neutral character, right?
1: Yeah, Doctor Yue is actually the Harkonnen spy.
0: Right, but he's the Harkonnen spy, so he can get to Vladimir Harkonnen, so he can try and kill him because he because he's like has his wife, right?
1: Yeah, 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 you yeah. But I mean? the, he's he's it's not Jessica. It's not it's
0: Jessica, Yue. right? It's revealed to actually be Yue.
1: But Yue's um, is not really on the Harkonnen side because it's more political maneuvering. Right. He doesn't want his wife, and I think maybe his child. I, I don't quite remember. Right. Because he, they're they're being threatened, and so, yeah. so that that's kind of that, and so,
0: yes. Yeah. So now sorry. now Leto <laughs> is dead. Um, we now have Duke Paul Atreides, one of his first titles that he's going to acquire throughout the book. Um, and they he like burns. run off into the desert, right? And this is basically like we said, this is kind of the start of the rising action, and you're like a third of the way through the book, so that's that's slow. But a lot of things, like, happen really quickly, and a lot of power gets shifted super quickly. All of a sudden, the Harkonnens are back in control. It's established that the Emperor's, like, on this side. He has these super scary, like, Sardaukar that everyone's, like, super scared of, and you don't really know what they can do, right? The Fremen are revealed to be, like, more than just, like, the dumb natives or whatever, Yeah, Um, yeah. Liet Kynes is, again, like, starting to make some moves, And all of, like, the house guards get, like, scattered, right? So Thufir Howard is off doing something. Gurney Halleck is doing something. Paul is basically, like, abandoned. He's, like, ripped out of the sense of safety of all his mentors, all these smart people who are around him, protecting him at all times. You know, he is, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, on his own. And he has to kind of, like, that first, those first couple scenes where he's, like, walking through the desert. This is one of, like, the first things that um, kind of starts to happen where he... Is it's revealed that he kind of gets the desert, right? He's like it's sort of natural to him. He understands He's, it. He understands yeah. it. He's like figuring the stuff out. He's like telling He's his fulfilling mom. Fulfilling a prophecy, he, basically. Yeah, basically. He starts fulfilling the <laughs> prophecy. Um, yeah. which prophecy, that's this is a good thing to talk about. There is a ton of foreshadowing done in this book through prophecy. Yeah. Right.
1: And I think it's really well done. Like mm-hmm. it's super interesting because I, I really love foreshadowing and prophecies when on the reread you're picking up on it and you're like, Oh yeah, like that that it that is what's happening. Right. But on the first read through, you're like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Type. So,
0: and I like I, I think the feeling really of that. It's not all true, but it's not all untrue. You know, like there are some parts of the prophecy that are not perfectly met or the prophecies. There's like so many going on, but also you can tell that like Jessica in like her scenes and in her, her internal monologue, you can tell she's kind of like winging it, but she's like playing right. off the prophecy. And she mentions that Benny Jesuit have been here before to like lay the groundwork for this. Right. Um, so there, there is, they talk about prescience all the time. Like that there's, there's, this is a, that there's this ability to see the future, um, in or at least paths in the future, and like get some hints and clues from it, and that some of what the Fremen are talking about as prophecy is that right—that like someone has said something to them, and now it's natural. They've been kind of prepared or like conditioned for Paul and. Jessica to kind of have the road laid out for them. They still have to like do it. It's not just given to them, but like the way is kind of cleared a little bit.
1: Yeah. And those are the prophecies that the Fremen are acting upon. And Mm -hmm. this is kind of right around the same time where Paul starts to go into the timeless state and see the future because he's in such close contact with the spice and he's been able to access that more so than what he's had before. Like, you know, he's been having these dreams, these premonitions and dreams, but he's now in this like state and kudos to frank herbert because i really like the way that this is written because the way that paul is experiencing like his like waking premonitions entering the timeless state is super confusing to him and it's super confusing to the reader mm-hmm. at first like yeah. what what's going on and I, I think that it does he does a really good job of putting you in paul's headspace at that point yeah and so i i really like that but that this is kind of where it's starting to you know activate like it is mm-hmm. like like op powers are starting to come in yeah right <laughs> like he he's starting to actually be able to see the future yeah in like a waking state
0: for sure and like his his mentat training his like benny jeseret training like these things are starting to
1: yeah you start to realize that he's just a badass like right he's just like trained really well all all around yeah and so
0: yeah and, that, and that's that's fun i would say to like watch evolve like these things that you have heard like Oh, Paul, like just in his internal monologue where he will like, he will lean on Benny Gesserit training or he'll like lean on Mentat training. And it's like fun as the reader to be like, oh, like that's, that's why these things are happening. And it, it, it feels reasonable that he could do these things. I have a very, I would, I don't even know if I would call it a problem. I would say... His character in the scenes in the desert does a very fast turn. It's maybe not a full 180. Yeah. But he like coming out of his first like prescient dream and the way he like talks to his mother and the way he just behaves as a character from then on is very, very different. And I I think I would give it like a B. Like I don't think it's a failure, (laughs) but I think it could have been played out a little bit slower and a little bit more methodically maybe just in just a little bit better because i think as a, it almost feels like two different characters like the paul in book one is like super young and he's obviously intelligent and he has great training and everything but he's like immature almost might be the word to use like he just doesn't get it you know he's just kind of a kid and then all of a sudden he's like a man you know and he's like and i yep. get like there are some things that are meant to happen to force him to grow up quickly right he faces real combat his dad dies he's thrown into the desert people are after him like you got to grow up fast i get that um yes but I think it just it happens maybe just a touch too quickly for me.
1: I, yeah, I do wish that we could see a little bit more of that growth. Yeah. What I've always kind of attributed it to is that he is now the Duke. Yeah. Right. He has that title and he's seen how his dad acts and he sees the authority and I think it's almost like a he's playing a character mm-hmm. to start out. Like he's like, Okay, well, I need to do this right. now. It's my responsibility. Fake it it's till my you make it kind of thing. Fake it till you make it. And it's you know, we don't get to really see the internal monologue of oh shoot I need to fake this till I make it it's more just portrayed like oh he's like this grown-up person now. yeah and so I yeah I, I agree with you I, I wish that we could see a little bit more of that growth a little yeah. bit more rising action um right. let's talk about the uh what I think really makes him grow up really quick and that's his fight with Jameis um <laughs> yep. So they they run across some fremen in the desert as, as you do as um, you do. <laughs> and they they make pretty good friends uh with, with uh st- oh, how Stillgar. Stillgar, yeah. I I can never remember like the pronunciation of that of him for yeah. whatever reason, but yeah. Stillgar. And he he makes they make pretty good friends in you know, I mean like Minus the whole like we want to kill Jessica thing. Uh like, <laughs> they get over that. <laughs> they, they get they get over that, they make up. And yeah. they kind of proceed back to kind of the Fremen homeland.
0: Yes. Um C H. C H something. I forget the name of it, but C H something. Yeah. <laughs> Tabber? Taber. Tabar. 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 T A B R, however you
1: say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Tabar. So Yep. So they go there and and then Paul gets challenged by Jameis.
0: Or actually. Man, now that I'm thinking about it, it might be Jessica. I think I I just told you that it was – it might be – I think it's Jessica that gets challenged and Paul has to, like, champion for her Steps. something like that. Oh, okay. Something like that. Yeah. Regardless. Regardless. um, There's a fight.
1: (laughs) There's a fight. And this is where – when I I, I was kind of hesitating, agreeing with you. I do think that Paul grows up really fast and he does it there but like he, i think you kind of get to see that growing up in this fight mm. because the, during the entire fight paul can like kind of see the future right like right. so he's going to win the fight unless he intentionally throws it right but he's he, also just like
0: crazy well trained so he's also
1: yeah he's also crazy well trained but paul doesn't necessarily realize at the start that it's a fight till the death yeah and so all the freemen start to think that This is, he's like toying with Jameis. He's like Mm -hmm. messing with him because he's like side swiping. He's like, you know, dancing around. He's not actually going in for the kill when he could have easily done that. Mm -hmm. And throughout that fight, I think Paul grows up really quickly when he realized, oh, I have to like kill a a human, a a Fremen. Right. Um, And when he does, then I think that kind of seals it. He's like, Paul is like, okay, well, this is real now. Yeah. And then Jessica yells at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't like Jessica's like, you can't like get the bloodthirst of this. Like you can't have yeah. uh you can't enjoy this or else like, you know, from the prophecy and whatever, all the right. premonitions, like this is not good. So Jessica kind of like combats Paul at that point mm-hmm. and yeah, so I I think we get to see a lot of Paul's growth during that fight. Yeah, and like the realization there, and that's kind of when they start to get kind of like brought into the Fremen world
0: for sure. And I think that fight, it's a little on. I think at face value, it's a little like obvious or maybe um, cliche, um, but I think it's I think it's super integral. I think it's very well timed. Um, yeah, and and I think it's I think it's really well executed, like you said, because the from a pacing perspective, after book one, I think he does a good job of, like, a, like an action point, and then, like, you know, we talk about tension points, right? These, like, kind of this bumpy road up in rising action of, like, tension in the story, and then a little bit of relief and tension in the story, and I think, overall, we've seen that really well, right? It's, like, tension in, are they going to, sur- like, tension are they going to survive the assault? Tension, are they going to survive the desert? Tension, are they going to survive the first contact with the Fremen? And now, it's, like, can they integrate into their world? And the fight really, I think you're totally right. It really represents that, right? Because they're, again, Frank Herbert is showing this real proficiency for how, what what, what viewpoint, what perspective, what point of view do the characters in the story have and how would they act differently given the events that are taking place? Um, and the Fremen have a totally different culture. It's very foreign. They have assumptions. They have things that they base their culture on and their na- their nation on. That are just uh, that are confusing and unknown to Paul and Jessica, and vice versa. Because, like you said, what Paul is trying to do he's trying to draw first blood. Because in his culture, if you do that, then at that point you can ask for a surrender, and the person's allowed to surrender, and right. that's not considered like cowardly or whatever. But he has to get to that point, and so he's actually trying to just injure him. That's like the main thing that he's struggling with, and that's why he's like dancing around. Um, and they all take it poorly. But what he's trying to do is give him a way out, um, and then he actually offers that, and they're all like. How dare you? You insult yeah. him so. You wow, know? you and would do that? right? Yeah, yeah. he's he, he, he a big dick. And, and and like for him, that's like a totally normal thing to do, and he's just, he's actually trying to do the right thing. And so I really love that. I love the clashing of cultures, and you get to like, the fight ends up representing so much more than just like Paul has to fight someone, right? Like that's that's not, like there's a lot more going on. And that like concept, that like difference in Fremen culture versus like just normal people on the planet is one of the reasons why I love Liet Kynes. I and mean, why he's such a cool character to me. Because he is, like, sort of bridging this gap, right? Like, he is a Fremen, um, but he's also very in, he's very educated. He's very integrated into, like, the regular world, the outsider world, whatever you want to call it. And so he gets to kind of, like, bridge that, I think, for the reader. He also becomes, like, a mechanism for, for Herbert to do some, like, world building, right? Like, Kynes is the one who, in a flashback explains to us how spice is made. And you start to understand the ecology and the life cycle of Dune, right, of Arrakis. So, okay, the reason there's no water is because the worms keep turning it into spice, you know? And, like, that's the, like, reason why the worms, like, defend spice so, like, fervently is because, like, that's basically they're young, you know? And, like, that's why they're so territorial about it. Like, all these things kind of get, like, explained to you from this character that has this super interesting arc, again, of, like we all, he was told to us very early that the plantologist is a spy. Oh my gosh. You're for the bad guys. You, you don't like him. Um, But then you get these internal monologues and he's like, he kind of likes Duke Leto, you know, and he, he kind of likes Paul and he, but he's not letting go of his own agenda. And that's the other thing is you realize like he's, he's using the Harkonnen, right? He has his own agenda. It's been told to me, the reader that the Fremen aren't developed enough to do that, right? They aren't like quote smart enough or they don't like have enough of a solid culture to like, have their own agendas, right? But Liat Kynes is kind of like championing that for you in the story. Like he's the one that's like, you know, like when he really, I think, turns onto the Atreides is when Jessica says, we are going to maintain the botanical garden for the future Dune that is green. Yeah. And we can share this plant life, this exotic plant life with the rest of the planet. And he's like, hmm, you're not just here for this. You know, you like, that's what we right. want. You're not yeah. just here for the spice. Like you, you have a vision for this planet that is shared with me. Maybe I am... Maybe I need to align more with you than with the Harkonnen, right? Yeah,
1: his his goal is Dune, like that. Yes, that is yeah. what he wants to build, and you you see that kind of with the fremen, where they you know they've been gathering the water, and so that they can turn this desert planet that it never rains into this lush green forest, and that, that is his motivation. That's his goal, and he's going to align with anybody that goes for that, yeah. or is on his side there.
0: Yeah, which is cool when we like learn the again the ecology of Dune. That water can never exist on Dune without being turned into spice right? right or without being hidden from the worms and so this like future of a green dune cannot exist cannot coexist with the spice yes and that's the and other the spice thing.
1: is what draws everyone to do
0: yes and it's like the it's like the cornerstone like without spice there's not space travel like it's the cornerstone of the entire empire's economy economy right you know? and i think that's really played out more in like future books this like Duality between like these two things cannot coexist. But Kynes is basically the one for us. That's like, oh, the Fremen have this vision, they have this hope and this dream, and it can't coexist with spice. It cannot coexist with like people coming to their planet, you know, and and the current I don't know system, the current economic system of the world. Like, how is that going to play out? You know, he kind of like represents all of that in like one person. I, I know that like in the movie, he is it's he's cast as a female character. Which is oh, kind really? of interesting. Okay. Like I, yeah, I thought that was kind cool. of cool because like he doesn't have to be male. Like there's nothing no. about his character that makes him male. Like the only thing is that he's like Cheney's dad, uncle. I don't remember. I don't, his remember. Dad or uncle, actually. <laughs> I don't remember the family tree there. I think I think it's her. I think it's her dad. But either way, it's like oh, now he's the mom or the aunt or whatever. You know? Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So it's just like I, I'm interested to see like how how she does um, because like I said, he, Liet Kynes is my favorite character. So still named Liet, <laughs> Liet Kynes, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah.
1: If we were doing the 60-second summary, this is where I would say that Paul falls in love with Zendaya, mm-hmm. um, Jessica yeah. drinks some, like, poisoned water, and then a couple of babies are born. So, right. I mean, that, and then we, yeah. we kind of have a time skip.
0: <laughs> we kind of have a time skip, and it's an appropriate time skip. But yeah. What happens to Jessica is, like, not clear at all. Like, at first, you know. The Reverend Mother thing? Yeah, the Reverend yeah, Mother thing. No, like, yeah. the water of life. You're just like, and, like, I don't know what's happening, but yeah. <laughs> okay. But okay. <laughs> I think it's explained better, like, later when Paul, like, does it. Because you have a little bit of a better understanding of, like, what the worms are and, like, what's kind yes. of going on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, at that moment, you're like, this is super confusing.
1: <laughs> right. Let's let's jump a couple of years. So, okay. during the time skip, mm-hmm. right, like, all of a sudden, like, Paul and Jessica are kind of, like, part of the culture. They are Fremen. Right? Yeah, they, and that's really that the life.
0: boundary by the way of like book two and three is like yeah that yeah, yeah. time Sorry. skip yeah. and like getting into now they are part of the culture now they're established as fremen and paul is becoming like a leader at the start of it
1: they're very much looking at him as a leader and something that we kind of touched on earlier in the podcast right like the fremen are looking for paul because right. it, it's been prophesized that paul is going to come he's going to know their ways he's going to be right. an outsider that knows their ways muadib. and he has all of these muadib, muadib. hey another title yeah uh, <laughs> another title <laughs> yeah so now he is duke muadib yep uh, <laughs> and the
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: we're
0: not hot uh, uh actually not yet right like he yeah he's not officially yet but like the, yeah. <laughs> that's what they think he might be they like are whispering yeah. It. Yeah. yes
1: and so that that's kind of like they they start to follow him because mm-hmm. all of these things is like i don't know it just felt natural like there there are a couple of things that why do you i think it was like like why did you tie your boots like that or something like right something like small completely mm-hmm. off and it's like I don't know. It just felt natural. And everything points to, hey, he's the Kwezak's Haderach. Right. And he knows our ways. He's going to be, you know, our basically our savior. And so we, we, you know, this is in the movies you would have, you know, go the distance and
0: see the training montage. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what what kind of kicks off book three? Book three is the turning point between we're out of the training montage and now Paul has to become the leader, right? The last thing that he yeah. has not done is he has not ridden a worm and real quick i told you i had kind of forgotten that this was a mechanic i um, straight up did
1: yeah like, and i did it not is. not remember at all
0: it's so cool like just the idea that like oh if you pull the worm's ring then it doesn't like sand getting all up in its business so it turns and you can ride it up and that's how we turn them is we just pull it. and it's like holy shit that works like you know like mentally that's so cool yeah. you can like connect that and you're like oh my god that totally makes sense
1: I honestly think that Herbert had that idea and then wrote a book.
0: Right, like, exactly. <laughs> I think that's probably true. He had an idea for Sand Planet, Massive Worms, let's go, you know, and he, yeah, and he wrote a book we can figure it. something out. Yeah, this will be fine. I, I just, I love that it idea so, and that yeah. mechanic, and it explains so much about the Fremen culture, right? How they are like these like well-established fighters and they're like everywhere, and it's like, oh, they have what, you know, Duke Leto established early on as like desert power, right? And, and Paul like comes back to that concept, this like war concept of who owns the desert on Dune, it has the most power, and it's like they do. They have mobility in the desert. They can, you know, they can ride the worms. They can, can later use them to attack people, which is yeah crazy, you know. This is actually like a mechanic in the board game, which is kind of fun. Um, if you haven't played it, where basically the Fremen can just like pick up their dudes and move them somewhere else, like that, and they can just move on anywhere on the board. They're not limited by like the areas, you know, because it's like they ride worms. I don't know. <laughs> they're That's, everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. I uh, played
1: the Fremen in our in our playthrough. I really enjoyed them. I yeah. thought they were a, a very fun faction to play. For sure. Not saying that any of the factions didn't look fun to play, but the Fremen just looked awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool. Okay, so side. Sidebar, um, something we haven't mentioned, but it is important. Paul and Jessica have been returning the training, right? So there's there's training montage of them, but there's also training montage going on of like the Fremen are becoming better fighters. And they were yeah. already like yeah. capable of taking on the Sardaukar like one-on-one, which we've seen. And, like, freaks everybody out because they're like, oh, my God, the starter car are, like, invincible, right? And there's this, like, theme coming on of, like, well, Dune is basically the same training program, you know, so they've kind of established this. <laughs> and now they have, like, the weirding way, right? They they have yes. Jessica's way of fighting alongside them. So the Fremen are, like, super powered at this point. And they also have worms.
1: And this is the part where Paul starts to realize that, hey, like, you know, he's seen all the training. He's yep. seen how much they progressed. And it's like this is a formidable force like we can i can coalesce all of these people and you know use them to kind of take back what is mine right and so he also drinks the poison uh the 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 water of life yes probably should know this yeah water and water of life
0: it's like (laughs) i don't think it's blood but it's like a secretion of the like baby worms Um, i really don't like that word right you know like the word secretion it's like it's the same, if I understand correctly, it is the same, or at least a similar substance as like the pre spice mass that Leah Kinds like talks about. And it's like the substance that reacts with water to make spice. And like that's what he's drinking. That's why it's poisonous, is because it's yeah. like converting water in your body into spice. Yep. So, um, but yeah, he like, he does that. Uh, side note, right before that, he has like, he has a bit of a leader, a test of leadership, right? Where he, he has to either kill Stilgar or not, right? He has to either challenge. Stilgar or not after writing the worm because they're like well that was the last thing you needed to do to be a man and now we all want you to lead us and we want to have the what he keeps referring to as a jihad right like they're ready they're like it's time. Right, yeah. we need you to lead us go kill Stilgar you know <laughs> and he's like that's stupid I'm not gonna do that
1: yeah so
0: yes yeah, Stilgar let- yeah, let's talk about Stilgar a little bit this yeah yeah good- let,
1: let, so because I didn't quite put all of these pieces together. It's just like one of those names that kind of blended in. And then when it came up, it's like, yeah, that's a guy. But Stilgar is who Paul and Jessica run into initially in the desert, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And
0: so he he also, do you remember in book one where like the Duke throws a dinner for like important people? Stilgar is at that dinner. Oh, okay. He's, like, the Fremen that shows up. Like, he's, yeah. like, you know... Like, okay. So, he's yeah, actually yeah, yeah, basically yeah. the first... He's not truly, but he's basically the, one of the first major Fremen characters that you meet. And he's kind of, like... They're the one that everyone... He's the one that everyone's, like, oh, who's this? You know, like, the mysterious Fremen are here. Like, that's Stilgar. Um, he's gotcha. also Liet Kynes' brother.
1: Yep. So, <laughs> so, there's a lot of connections there that just were not super apparent to me. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Every everything's connected, and <laughs> <laughs> and he's and the Paul- like
0: leader of the CH where they all live, right? So, yeah, CH Tabor, and that's like why the challenging that Paul has to do with his leadership is so important because they're like one of the most well established CHs at this point. He's Liet Kynes' brother, who like everybody like referred to as like you know like oh like Leit says we have to do this and that. Like Leit was kind of like their previous like. Cross CH leader, right? And Stilgar is like kind of in that role. I don't think he's like officially in it, but he's like, he kind of fills it in a little bit. And so, specifically, the challenging of like Stilgar represents more than just like leadership of like the tribe and like their own CH, right? It's much larger than that,
1: right? Yep. All righty. So, Paul ends up killing him, right? No, no, he does <laughs> not do that. <laughs> yeah, Paul's a good dude. He's a good uh- dude. Breaker of chains, right? Paul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, after he's drinking the... Drinking. No, that's not the right word. That's drink, not, drink, drunk. That's, that's not English. Yeah. After, he, <laughs> after he is consumed... Yep, the, imbibed. Uh, <laughs> imbibed. The, the water of life, he has then fulfilled the prophecy and become the Kwisak Yes. Uh, which, God, I, like knowing how to say these words, they are really fun words to say. They're the kind Javar, of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, Hadarak, the Bedi they There's just like, I don't know. I just really like the, the, yeah, theming,
0: the words. theming is good. Yep. He so he's
1: become the Cuisax Haderach. And he, at this he, point, he, like
0: the Fremen are totally OP, right? Like yeah. A, Paul <laughs> yeah. is already the best character on the Atreides side. You know what I mean? <laughs> like in the game. Right. And so now like you get him and they have a reverend mother and they have like people who were already equivalent to the best combatants in the galaxy but have now been upgraded and they have worms right, right? Like, yep.
1: yeah yeah and so they have this massive force mm-hmm. what do they do with it
0: they blow up the shield wall
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> they nuke
0: the shield wall turns out they found atomics at one point they reunite with Gurney Halleck. right he's been like running around with mercenaries and stuff so like they reunite with him um they blow up the shield wall and they like retake arrakis pretty in a pretty devastating and decisive battle. They also have the storms. We forgot about that. We haven't like talked about the storms too much, but, like there are storms, you know, they like blow everything away. They're basically like hurricanes, but like more powerful sand. and on sand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they like use that, right? They like attack during a storm where everyone's like, no one attacks during a storm. And they're like, well, if we blow up the shield wall, then like we can attack during the storm because we are frightened and you can't do anything about it. Also there, again, we have worms. So,
1: yeah. Also just like side note, when that event card gets drawn in the game, Devastating, yeah. Just also, like, I completely forgot that that happened in the book, so I just was not expecting that event card in the game, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, this is different, right?" And the player who
0: <laughs> like played it, we were all like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a thing. That card is you it can do that. Yeah. That cart that has via? to be a misprint. Right, <laughs> it feels that way. Yeah. Um but I, I actually liked it better that we got all forgotten because it was Yeah,
1: like, yeah. It, it made it very like exciting and thematic. Very, yeah, very. very uh, except that, you know, I was the Fremen, I didn't know it was coming. But <laughs> other than that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was super thematic. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it takes away their protection, right? Yeah. So and and Paul is able to lead the Fremen in this kind of fight
0: and take, take it. Back. it. I think the only thing I would say here is like, I think I would have, I would have liked a little more of the like combat. I think it kind of happens in the background a little bit, like the actual combat. Like basically you were hearing the perspective of the battle told mostly from the perspective of the emperor, um, who is a new, a new character, newly introduced inherently not a bad idea. Let's introduce the emperor. Um, we'll have him on the planet. He's like now going to be a named, you know, character that we understand and, and like get to interface with. And Vladimir Harkonnen, who, like, you know, it's kind of fun to, like, watch his fall, especially, like, in the Emperor's eyes. But I think, like, they will, like, they they will tell that the battle's going on, but, like, there's be an open door, and they see, like, figures, you know, clashing in the background, and then someone sh- slams the door shut or whatever. It's just maybe not, like, my favorite, and I think I've been looking forward to this fight so much, you know, that, like, yeah. I, I kind of miss it. You know, I'm like, oh, I wanted to, see, like, I wanted to hear more about <laughs> the, like, crash over the walls with, like, worms, right. you know, with, like, a, a thousand screaming Fremen, and they, you know battling in the streets. I just think it would have been fun.
1: I, I wonder if Frank Herbert doesn't feel like he's a strong combat writer. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe. I, I don't know. He needed Tolkien to come
0: in and write, right. uh, write that scene for right. him, the so. war scenes, yeah. <laughs> you're right that all of his fights are one-on-one.
1: Right. There, there's no, like, large-scale... I mean, there are large-scale battles in the book, but they're not as exciting as I want them to be.
0: Yeah, they're always told from, like, a single character's perspective who's kind of on the outskirts of it. So then he, like, sets up this other fight so that there can be a fight. Right. (laughs) Um, Because we kind of like missed the battle. And so it's like, Oh, we kind of still need to fight. So he goes and fights like fade Ralph, who I think is fairly well established as a character. I think he did an okay job of like bringing him in as like the heir. Vladimir Harkin is always talking about him. He's shown to be cocky. He has the arena fight earlier in the book, which we didn't cover too much, Um, but he's shown to be like cruel, cunning, a great fighter, great instincts. So we get like, we get a lot of that, like built up. I think, Though, from a character standpoint, it's kind of like, does this character just exist so that Paul has someone to fight one on one at the end of the book? You know, and it's like, kind of, yeah,
1: yeah. Is it giving Paul his like personal climax? Yeah,
0: yeah, right. And is that a little cheap for like this story, you know, this amazing story that has been like wrought for us that like is taking place in like 11,000 AD? Um, that it still kind of all comes down to one on one combat. It's like, uh, you know, it's not my favorite, but it's okay, it's fine, yeah. it works. Um, again, 60s, you know, would have been a very, <laughs> a very common writing mechanism at the time. So, from that perspective, yeah. it, it feels natural to the story, um, but it's maybe just not my favorite.
1: I I didn't love the one on one. I do love kind of the ultimatum that Paul and the Emperor like they kind of have going back and forth, where yes. Paul is like, you know, I'm going to destroy spice production forever unless you abdicate the throne, mm-hmm. and and like I really like that. I think that's a really interesting like kind of way that paul like paul's a great politician right like he understands how to resolve things without necessarily i mean i mean he just like killed everyone but like (laughs) he's he's (laughs) a bit strong-handed but i mean you know dude can play his cards i will say dude, dude can play his cards but if you don't follow through with your threats no one's ever gonna respect you right anyways <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't want to be at a negotiating table with
0: <laughs> right i don't want to play dune with actual politics. <laughs> <laughs> right um i do like that
1: and that that's kind of like around that same time and, yeah. and Fade Ralph is kind of trying to stop that yeah but i thought that was the more interesting part of totally that whole conflict
0: rather than just like the
1: one-on-one like
0: i definitely you know. agree I yeah, think it's like, whatever. I think it's, we get the feeling that he's like solving the problem in an interesting way and like yes. not necessarily yeah. in a way that like I have come to expect as the reader, right? One-on-one combat I expect and he's going to win because he's like the God or whatever and says, he's a as Hadarak, he's Muad'Dib, you know, he, it's like he's, <laughs> he survived the Ganjabar. Like, he, he can't Duke. take down Fade Ratha, you know, this guy sucks yeah. and so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I, I get that but the like you're right. The political maneuvering, the like you know, and the drama that's going on with like Cheney now is like relegated to being a concubine. Jessica super resonates with that because she was stuck with that. You know, it's like, right. oh, there's so much like good character stuff that's coming yes. out because yeah. of the resolution of this problem. That I just I didn't even think. And, like, all this has been almost foreshadowed because, like, the Princess Irulan has been talking to us at the start of every chapter of the book. And you're like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> She's not a named character yet. Yeah. Who is this author? Right. And, how did she know everything in my father's house? You know, writings of, or, like, right. early life of Muad'Dib. And, like, how does she know all of this, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. And, like, I, I really enjoyed throughout my first read of the book trying to figure out who that was. Yeah. And, like, I was... Slightly disappointed because I was, you know, I thought I kind of solved the puzzle, mm. but like, like I, I think it's a, it's an interesting and a good way to end the book. But like, I was like, ooh, like who is it? And it, the fact that it was like a completely like new character, yeah, I thought I was kind of disappointed in my first read through. Mm. I still think that it was a good way to do it, like, but it was more like I like I, I, I wanted to solve it, like, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it seemed like kind of like this mystery throughout yeah. the entire book. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it really. If not for the the side storyline and how uh, of Jessica and her like personal trauma and her personal like hurt and pain over not being Duke Traity's wife, I think it would fall flat. You know, I think it would be it might feel cheap, but yeah. you don't feel like her even at the end of the story. You still have like not heard her say anything. You know, so like you don't really feel like her being sold away. Like that's not really all that important to you. What you feel is like Janie's pain you know? Yeah. And that, I thought thought that was a really fun kind of twist on like how that, what again could be a little bit cliche, like, Oh, you marry, like it's solved through marriage. Like you, the important guy marries the other important guy's daughter. Like, (laughs) I've seen that before. Yeah. 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 Um, Right. I think that could be a little cliche or wrought out, but the effect that it has on the characters, it it comes across as like interesting. And it's specifically why I didn't see it coming. Right. Yeah. Because there is changing and because their love is really well established. And we, as the reader trust it doesn't
1: follow through like you're expecting it. So yeah yeah yep and then kind of like the falling action slash rising action for the rest of the series yes yeah. uh, is you know kind of you know paul takes control of the empire like he is you know emperor duke muadib mm-hmm. quesax Haderach paul mm-hmm. um which come on that's a super lame ending to that title <laughs> uh, <laughs> um
0: and oh he also has he, one more name right he has like the fremen name that we didn't talk about That like like their ch name it's something kind of short i forget that oh what is it Usul.
1: totally forgot about that yeah it's like his like (laughs) private name
0: for use only within like the ch
1: or whatever but you know just add it to the list yep and so like paul is kind of like you know he he's taken over he's the emperor and now he's kind of like realized the beast that he's created Mm -hmm. in in the fremen
0: yeah so and yeah, and, and where do we where do we go from here, right? And I think a lot of the closing action or falling action is told from Jessica's perspective. I think that was probably a smart choice, yeah, um, because again, she's the one who's like able to kind of put in perspective like Cheney's pain for us. Um, and we're also not really like used to hearing Cheney's perspective, um, but we are used to hearing Jessica's perspective. That's been very common in the story, so that feels like familiar. And she's like stepped out of the role of being like an active character, like really basically when she becomes a reverend mother, like she kind of steps out of like the role of being an active character and she's kind of more like an observer and she helps us as the reader put into perspective what's happening. Um, So she becomes, I think really important as a like as a narrative tool as opposed to actually like someone who's Mm. influencing the story very strongly. Um, And so I think she's a smart way to like close the book out, but you're right. There's like, it's interesting because things feel resolved, but if you like check in with like, okay, what was everybody's goal? Like the Fremen don't have what they want yet. Right. Right. The emperor does not have what he wants. The space guild don't have what they want. The Harkonnens are basically eliminated, so like sucks for them. But um, you know, like yeah, Atreides is definitely back. You know, they they're right not wiped out anymore, and they're even in a stronger position because obviously they have this like army of crazy Fremen and like you know. But like every, they're not quite safe yet. You know, you get that feeling, um, right? Yeah, I
1: it and, it it definitely opens up kind of an exciting path for the next couple of books yes like, wh- where's it gonna go like it, it's kind of like up in the air you don't really know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are hurt there's a lot of people that are in power yes and it's like okay what 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 is going to be the next conflict? What are we going to focus on next?
0: Yeah, I do think in this like closing action that some of the side characters get good little resolutions to their personal arcs. Um, specifically, like Gurney Halleck and Thufir Howard, um, who are two distinct characters. If like me, you did not know that they're the same book. person. <laughs> 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 um, they have like kind of these like personal things that they're trying to do revenge. You know, um, Duke Leto, and like they have to kind of figure out how to do that. And so, like, they have these, like, I, I like their stories. I, I don't think that he spends too much time on them. Um, I think he spends, like, just enough time on them. Um, and, I, and I think I like their endings. I, I think they have a nice closeout to their to their personal arcs. Yeah, absolutely. Have you read any of the other books? I have not. And I have, I have first of all, you haven't either, right? I have not. No, yeah. no, no, no. I have done a bit of personal, like, synopsis level reading of, like, kind of some of the things that happen and a little bit of where the story goes. And that, and the reason I did that is because I've heard mixed things. Um, Same. I've heard it compared to, and again, I, we've not read it, so you know, take us with a grain of salt. Ender's. What's that?
1: No, sorry, go for did it. Did you say Ender's?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say Ender's Game. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> exactly okay. Right, You nailed it. Um, <laughs> I,
1: I like. I said Ender's, and then like you like looked at me. I was like, oh wait, maybe that wasn't. Where he was going? Sorry, okay, I'm just gonna shut up. I'm you sorry. are the act. You can see the I future. Am. I can see the future. <laughs> muadib. Um,
0: I love, by the way, just the like the narrator for the audiobook. He has like such a great, like he sounds like you know like yeah. the the Tuscan Raiders, like yeah, muadib right? like, like, <laughs> muadib, you know, like they're like super into it. Like, let's go kill everyone. Yeah. Um, but anyways. I think next time we play the board game, I I said anyways as if I was going to move on, and now I'm not. (laughs) Next time we play the board game, anytime you attack somebody as the Fremen, you're going to be like, Mwadib! Mwadib! Jump onto (laughs) their stuff. Like, ah, fuck, how'd you get there? I have worms, bitch. Get away! Stop that. (laughs) (laughs) If you kill me, I come back. That's the other Fremen power, by the way. They don't die. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're just annoying. (laughs) They're just annoying. Anyways. So it's kind of like the Ender series. It's It's kind of like the Ender series, right? Where it it just gets a little spacey. It gets a little sci-fi. All the cool ideas were kind of implemented in the first book. And so now there's like some other things that are like, um, like I was telling Nelson, I believe one of the books takes place like 2,500 years in the future or something like that, which happens in Ender's game too, by the way. It's like 3,000 years in the (laughs) future or something. So like these large time skips, like things are kind of getting a little broken maybe and maybe spinning a little bit out of control. But again- haven't read it. I just, I've read those synopsis and when I was, I was reading them, I was like, that's kind of a weird direction to take, but like, okay, I guess you can do that. And so I'm, I think I'm interested in them. I would like to read them at some point, but I would like to read them at some point because I really like Dune. Um, I think I, yeah. if they stand, you know, do they hold up on their own? From what I've read, from what I've seen from other people, maybe not, but they might hold up if you really like Dune. Yeah.
1: Yeah. that That's kind of what I've heard slash research. So I'm really excited for you to read them and let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's how I felt about Ballard of Songbirds and Snakes. So yeah, right, you yeah. took that hit. So I can <laughs>
1: you'll you'll take this hit.
0: I'll put it in somewhere um, after, you know, Wheel of Time. Yeah. So and 20, also, you, you know, six. Yeah. Yeah. 2026.
1: <laughs> and, uh, about then. That's what. Yeah.
0: So check back in
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be on episode 75 uh, <laughs> and we have not gotten far <laughs> yeah no <laughs> we're coming up on etc
0: work so this is like somewhere in, is this 40. episode 40 this is
1: this is episode this is titled 40 titled we forty. Have, we have like some specials that are and we have halves and we have
0: firesides firesides like so i so. think we have
1: like over 50 published episodes but yeah. this is like Main episode number 40.
0: Yeah. And we're coming up on two years um, just for, you know, um, for for you, the listener, we record, and we talked about this before, but we recorded our first episode over like the weekend after Thanksgiving of 2019. Yes. Um, We released it in like January. It took us a a little while to figure out how to edit and like where to put it and stuff like that. So it, it released later, but we are... You know, now in like late October at the release of Dune the movie, um, so we personally are coming up on two years of recording together, which is which is a pretty fun, exciting milestone for us. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's absolutely fun. We're gonna have to do some. Let's do like a fun two year something. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe not an episode, but we'll we'll some we'll something, out something, something fun to do. We'll yeah, something something. Yeah. So. Just to tease that, there's something coming. We we don't actually know what it is either, but it's going to be exciting. This is the episode of Promises, apparently. Promises yeah. that we have to figure out how to keep. Yeah. yeah, we're reading Wheel of Time. We're seeing Dune this weekend. We're going to do something crazy here in a couple of weeks for two years. Yep, gonna I'm going to shout Muad'Dib every time I play the Fremen. Muad'Dib! <laughs> oh that's great all righty so we we are um kind of nearing the end of this and i do want to ask the question that i ask on all of these and kind of what what is your favorite part about dune yeah um not necessarily Mm scene. yeah
0: just just attribute just yeah what what
1: what do you like about dune like i because i feel like it's a book that has a lot of different facets to it it does and so like i like what what do you like about dune what what brings it in what is a reason that you wanted to do a book analysis on dude.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a, you're, it's a really smart question for this book specifically. Cause you're right. There's like, there's so many right answers to this question. It could be politics. It could be world building. It could be right. character development. It could be, you know, the like tech system. Um, yes. I, I would say personally, probably like the ecology of the worms. I think that okay. is my favorite part of the book. Um, I, I love that. Because it's so easy to say, like, it's a desert planet, check the box, right? Right, um, yes. But, like, going through, like, Kynes is constantly explaining, like, why you can't just add water to Dune, right, to Arrakis. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, why don't you just blow up the poles? And he's like, uh, it's cost prohibitive, right? That's not true. <laughs> the reason is because the the worms would turn it into spice. Like, it wouldn't right. work. Um, right. And so there's these, like, huge, like, planet. And so just writing in a planetologist, man, just lovely at kinds. Writing in a planetologist was such a <laughs> such there's a great, great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because at first you're like, oh, it's a desert planet. This is kind of an odd, boring setting. And then you start to dig- dive into it and it's like, no, there's these worms. There's a struggle over water. Here's how it affected the Fremen culture, right? That they use water as like currency and they like dry out. They like desiccate, not desecrate, but desiccate the bodies of the dead to like draw the water out of them, Yeah. right? Because the water belongs to the tribe, not to the individual. And like just all these like things that get like built out from the, fact that like worms exist you know they ride the worms worms eat water they turn it into spice the spice like creates a whole economy for an entire galactic empire it's all focused on worms you know like the whole story really like pivots on that that's why the worms are on the cover of like every everything right like, <laughs> <laughs> also they're really cool also so. <laughs> they're really cool yeah um, but that's why like you always see them in like all of like the theming all of the um like the book covers the like fan arts right the promotional content like all of that like it'll feature a worm because like they're badass you know some. yeah they really are from a story building from a world building perspective i think they're just excellently executed and i i really enjoy them
1: that is very similar to mine and i'm not going to change it because because i would have said it if I you have integrity first. so yeah <laughs> 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 My, mine is kind of slightly meta in the sense that i really like the f- how things interact with the rules that have been set in place in do mm. right so we had talked about the information we talked about how like you know you can't just blow up the poles but i think that the the world building in dune is is super interesting and it's super like well thought out mm-hmm. and it, it kind of makes sense for the rules that have been set in place and you know that kind of goes into the cultures that the fremen have right mm-hmm. and kind of how Everybody acts when they're with Fremen, how Paul acts when he's with the Fremen, when he meets the Fremen. They have these cultures and how he gets perceived for that. And I think that Frank Herbert just does a really great job of setting those rules and not breaking them. And understanding how different aspects of the story interact with those rules, like how the Fremen act with the water versus the worms act with the water versus every, the galactic, Yeah, I just... the one the final galactic empire um how, <laughs> this how, is the last one the, guys i promise yeah <laughs> how the empire acts with like the water product of the spice right, right. and so it's just like multifaceted and how everything kind of revolves around these set rules and i think a lot of authors do that really well i just think it's really amplified in dune and that's why i just really enjoyed the book
0: yeah no that's a great point especially like considering that this is before this is well before hard magic right like this is <laughs> yeah this is back in like well-established soft magic land and there are I, I would i think you would say pretty solidly that dune is a hard tech book like instead of magic as technology but yeah. yeah i think it's a hard tech book right like it has rule the only thing is like spice has like this weird like you know spacey like oh you can see the future but like even that has <laughs> right. like some set rules around it right that it's a poison yeah. like now you have yep. to, if you take it you have to keep taking it or you will it's die. LSD. yeah it's all, right, exactly <laughs> um it like you you have to keep taking it um and like the that shields always attract worms. Cool. I can accept yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, that, that was,
1: that's super cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. That like shields will like blow up when hit with lasers, right? Okay. I can accept yeah. that. You know, I don't need to know how yeah. shields work. I don't need to know how lasers work. I just know like that there is this rule and it's consistent. Um, <laughs> right. And it's one of the reasons we like Ender's Game so much too, right? That like it's sci fi. Yes. um There are some spacey things that happen. But if, if you can accept a couple of key rules or a couple of key like logic jumps, Um, then everything falls pretty cleanly out of that, at least within the book Ender's game. Yes. Um, then, and Dune kind of feels that way too. There's like a couple of key rules around like worms and how they work and how the planet works and blah, blah, blah. And like, once you accept that and like how a couple of the key technologies work, it's like, okay, I don't need to understand intricacies to make the same decisions that the characters made. And I think that's a good sign of like a hard technology system. Yep. Totally agree. Basically, all we're saying
1: is you all should read the book. Right. Um, <laughs> you
0: probably did because you listened to the episode. I,
1: I, on, I, I really hope you did. Really, if not, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is not uh, your episode, man. Oh shoot! I, spoiler alert for the last hour. Yeah. Or so. uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my bad. My yeah, bad. I should I should have said that. But but yeah, like now I, at least you
0: have some ammo to you know convince your friends hopefully to, yes. to read it um yeah and, and as always we you know we like talking about this because we like talking about the the good and the bad and like we've talked about we're trying to transition into being a little bit more critical of books even books that we like um so you, i think you heard us do that a little bit here tonight i hope that was like fun for you if you you know totally disagree then we have a discord and you can come yell at me um or you can do and what mike did you. you can track oh. me down at a wedding and you can yell at me <laughs> about how the prequels are actually good
1: dude it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was hilarious so like walking up like I would, I'd like walk up to the two of you. Mike's just yelling at you. I'm like, okay, cool. And I went and did something else. I come back. Mike is still. He goes, okay. And then Attack of the clone. And then like, <laughs> like, oh, we are only thirty percent of the way through this. Like, okay, <laughs> so that's good. Yes, yeah. It was right. a, it was a really fun conversation. I hope that we yeah. both been drinking a little bit. It was a wedding, you know. We both been drinking yeah. a little bit, just exactly. enough to
0: like get fiery about stuff that like really doesn't matter all that much. That's that. That's where it gets fun, right? Right. Yep. Well, yeah. So I, I I really
1: enjoyed this. Please come hang out on the Discord. We're gonna start reading Wheel of Time, um, and sometime in the next couple of years. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I'm really. We promise it will be that. sooner than that. <laughs> yeah. I don't fully yeah. know if we'll have an analysis, a book
0: club meeting in 2021. I don't know if we can promise that. Maybe we can try, but it, <laughs> it will certainly be sooner than 2025.
1: Yes, <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I mean See, you can promise whatever you want. Okay, no, okay, I will have a book. It, it's your it's your integrity on the line, not mine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but as always, it was it was great hanging out with you. I'm always. I'm really excited that we got to talk through this book. I'm really excited that we picked this one one yeah. because you know the movie's coming out. It's super exciting. It's a great yeah. Uh, I'm really uh, it was a great movie. At this point, I've seen it. Yeah. So uh, by the time you're hearing this, I've seen it. So <laughs> it, it was a great movie. Um, <laughs> now your also, integrity's on the line. <laughs> your official fair, critical yeah, of integrity. Yeah. I need I need to like the movie theater is probably five hundred. No, not even 500, probably 200 yards from my house. yeah, so I think I can probably make my way over there. It's probably <laughs> <laughs> um, But also, like I, I'm excited that we did this because it gave me an opportunity to reread the book, yeah, and for it's sure. a book that you know, I was always like, oh yeah, I like that book. Definitely. And yeah. I just never had the motivation or the excuse to reread it, and yeah. so I'm glad that this gave me that opportunity. For sure. And I
0: hope that for some of the listeners, it was the same way, right? Where they they saw the movie coming out that that encouraged them to read the book for the first time. We're trying to kind of support that. If you you know did kind of make that jump, then we want to give you some content at least to like lean into since you just read it for the first time or whatever. Um, so I, I hope for, you know that worked for some people and that you, that you got something out of it because we we definitely enjoyed it. Absolutely. If you want to
1: contact us or come hang out and talk with us, you can find us on multiple different platforms. You can find those in the show notes below. Joke's not getting old. Not getting old. It's not getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. No. So you can come find us anywhere. You can find us on discord. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. I tweet about once a month. Um, and
0: like we established in the last board Ventures episode, Twitter's an angry place.
1: Twitter is an angry place. And we're yeah. not typically
0: angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: We're, we're kind of glass is like medium, full type people. Yeah.
0: Um, and, <laughs> and, so, and honestly, that's a lot of whiskey. So you should be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're damn lucky. Yeah. <laughs> damn. <laughs> I envy your glass. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, you can find any of those links in uh, kind of the description of wherever you're listening to this podcast, or you can find those on our website, which is fantasyandsoflights.com. Mm-hmm. Uh The show notes will be posted there so you can also kind of get a synopsis of kind of what we've been talking about this episode. So, we love talking with you all. Come hang out, and we're really looking forward to our next episode in a couple weeks. A couple weeks.
0: Until then, cheers, buddy. Cheers. <laughs>